Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Oh, the pigskin is going to be flying, folks. The Canadian Football League is back for 2021. The season will kick off August 5th. The Board of Governors approved it today. 14 games. 14 games for your Edmonton Elks. And then hopefully all the way into the Grey Cup in Hamilton in December. What is that going to look like? Hockey tonight on 6.30, Chet. We're an hour away from dropping the puck. Game one of the semifinal between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights. We have... Every semifinal game, every Stanley Cup final game for you right here live on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Big thanks to Dave Campbell, who sat in for me last week. And we get right at it tonight from your Edmonton Elks offensive lineman, David Beard. David, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. Doing good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. Now, I know you're a busy guy. Am I taking you away from some sort of uh, farm work or chores this evening? No, not this evening. It's just dinner time. So I finished my workout and got all that kind of stuff done. So that's all I'm missing right now. But I tell you what, I'm getting big appetite here. So okay, well, I, I know you got to eat, and I know especially offensive linemen uh, like to eat. So I, I apologize for keeping you away from that. But it is a big story. So we're glad you're coming on tonight to uh, to represent the team, and I think really players around the league about the excitement about coming back hey how do you feel can you can you sum it up there must be a lot of emotions going on yeah um it is tough to not truthfully but i'm i was talking to trevor a little earlier today and um the words that kind of came to mind for me is just kind of a, a breath of fresh air um we, we've been putting the, putting the work the whole time and you you kind of put together this optimism um no matter what just kind of keep it going and it's just really satisfying to finally hear um some concrete good news uh that way and um yeah it's just that's the way i describe it is breath of fresh air yeah was were you at the point was there ever any concern that oh no we might lose another season were you pretty confident look we're gonna play it's just working it out how are you feeling about all that because you know last year we were hopeful and then it turned out there wasn't a season so what was your kind of approach to this year yeah you know what it's after last year and kind of going through that cancellation was was um, a bit of a shocker then. And so going into this year, I, I realized that it was still a real real possibility. Um, like I said, again, I was optimistic, um, but it, it was it was a real possibility. And you kind of gotta gotta hold the future a little loosely in your hands to be able to figure out what that's going to look like and how to adjust on the fly. But apart from that, it's 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 just been really good to good to see some progress and yeah excited to get back to ball <laughs> all right so you mentioned that you got your workout in tell us a, a day in the life of david beard because you're a husband you're a dad you're <laughs> a, a farmer you're a pro football player do you, how do you budget those hours in a day 
Yeah, well, farming is kind of here and there. It's just kind of helping out and doing what I can there. But, no, I uh, picked up a little bit of uh, experience getting into the electrical field a little bit. Um, so I've been doing that, and that's kind of what my, my mornings and afternoons look like. Immediately transitioning into workouts in the evenings and spend some family time and eat some food and hang out and do it all over again. Okay. So that's literally a cycle in my life right now. So what's what's your diet like, and what's your diet in season versus off season if it's different? Oh, uh, in season it's the the seafood diet. I mean, a lot of people know that one, but it's just basically anything and everything that you can get your hands on is always a great idea. But no, in the off season uh, the workload is a little bit less. Um, so uh, yeah, you, you lighten up on the on the food intake a little bit, but nothing too crazy. It's still. Uh, as an old lineman, I get the privilege of not having to be uh, super low body fat, so uh, it uh, works out pretty good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, that's 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 a great phrase. I'm going to borrow that. I'm just not super <laughs> low body fat. That's a nice positive way to to put yeah, it. Not exactly. that you're. It's a it's privilege. I truly count that as a privilege. So. Yeah. That's a great point. David Beard from the Edmonton Elks joining us tonight on Inside Sports. The Canadian Football League coming back August 5th is the kickoff date. The schedule is going to be released tomorrow at 10 a.m. So we look forward to getting that out. What did you do to stay in shape uh, throughout what would have been last season? Because obviously, like you mentioned, just the grind of the season is usually enough to keep you pretty fit and pretty lean. So did, mm-hmm. did you do things last year to try to simulate like expending all that energy or what did you do well for the sake of a story i'd like to say there is but truthfully no there's nothing different like the the only thing that changes is as you get new information on updates of new potential uh peak times of your training you just adjust your training accordingly so the training looks the same it's um it's just variations of the same training depending on what your timeline is to when you want to be able to peak for for camp or for season so i've kind of i've had to restart my training several times over the past year and a half um but it 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 all kind of builds on each other so it's it uh it's not a great story but yeah it's it really hasn't been different at all it's just been kind of day in day out get the grind on and that's it so okay okay now i was talking to jay lynn before i came on and i said you once i i think you tweeted me a picture of you listening to inside sports and you were in some sort of farm machinery i said it was a tractor but it might have actually been much bigger what what were do you remember what you were in that night and what you were doing oh i was here in the field uh my father-in-law's field i was helping out um out, out of town so um that was the night that you were uh, interviewing cole nelson from u of a and uh after the draft and he said uh oh, we'll see maybe, maybe dave beard's listening or whatever <laughs> i happened to be on the tractor and rolling through 630 ched for several hours and yeah so i uh, I, I chimed in there and said yeah i am on so <laughs> and, and then the elks wound up drafting uh cole nelson so there you go uh, that's right a U of A alum, a, a possible uh, teammate, and somebody maybe you're going to be going against in, in practice because he's going to be lying. Do you know Cole at all? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've connected with Cole over the years, kind of just um, coming back through U of A. We never actually played together at U of A, but uh, we, we've kind of crossed paths a few times over the years, and so uh, I'm familiar for sure. So what would you tell a guy hoping to embark on a CFL career as lengthy and as successful as the one you have had? Um don't take one day for granted 
that would be what I'd pass on to call, and I will. We'll get a chance to connect here soon um, as the, the news has kind of popped out, so that'll be good. And um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I remember looking back into my first year and that first camp that we had in Spruce Grove in 2015, and it was. Uh, it was such a whirlwind of new experiences and um, working with such an increase of talent and um, mental capacity and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's just a whole different world than university ball and um, being able to take the time to soak it all in and take each day um, and run with it is a, is a something that helped me and I'm, I'm sure it helped Cole too. So. Yeah, well said. David Beard from the Edmonton Elks joining us on Inside Sports. A couple other things I want to hit on you. It was a a long and difficult process with the name change. How are you feeling now that there's not just a new name, but also a new logo and a bit of a, a new look? I, I know Chris Preston was on with Jay Lynn and said, you know, there's not time to necessarily revamp or retail uniforms for this year, but a new logo and, and maybe some different helmets. And I, and I know this was tough on on past and present players just going through the name change and all the stuff swirling around the team. How are you feeling now that it's arrived? Yeah. You know, it, like having the name change was, um, it was, uh, it was what it was. There's was a process that had to happen. And, um, I'm, I'm glad that it went through as well as, as they did. And it's a big hats off to the club for doing such an amazing job with the, the reveal and executing that whole transition. I think we did a phenomenal job, particularly with the graphics. Um, that's kind of a big highlight for me. It's, um, it's pretty sweet. I've kind of got my gear order in and still kind of waiting for it in the mail here, but, um, it, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to get that, get that lid on and, see what that all looks like once we're all out there on the field and yeah it's it's pretty sweet I, I think they've done a really really good job um it's uh it's timely and um yeah I think it's they've done a very very good job big hats off to them so okay and training camp and then regular season games and again we'll know exactly when you guys play tomorrow at 10 in the morning yeah that's right but without Without preseason, and here's the thing: I've you know I've talked to a lot of players in all sports over the years, and some of them are like, "Yeah, I need the preseason to get ready," and others have said, "Oh my God, I can't stand training camp <laughs> preseason games that don't count in the standings." How, how are you going to feel, or what do you think about just having? Okay, we're just going to go no exhibition. Yeah, I, I, truthfully, I don't know, Reed. Like, it's it's going to be interesting this camp. Uh, it's going to be a, a very different camp compared to any other year because, I, like, I've, ne- I've I've been saying this over the past even half a year, but, like, I've never missed football as much as I have as of lately, and I, I can't wait to get back out there. As much as it, it, it pains me to say that because camp is grueling at times and you, you get you get into the, into the pit, so to speak, and you kind of just slug through it, but I – I can't wait to get back out there. It's going to, it's going to be a hoot and whether, whatever that looks like uh, in terms of refining um, how camp looks and stuff like that. It's, I just can't imagine it being anything but fun. So it's, it's going to be a blast. Well, David, it's going to be a blast talking about actual football games with you and your teammates and coaches pretty soon and not, uh, you know, worrying about whether or not there are going to be games and all that kind of other stuff. Uh, I, I think everybody's ready to analyze the plays and the touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, the blocking, which is where it all starts on the offensive line. Thanks for checking yep. in tonight, Matt. Yeah, great talking to you.
That is David Beard. Great to have him on the show. Offensive lineman for your Edmonton Elks. And you heard him say it. He has never been looking forward to football as much as he is now. I'm sure many of you feel the same way. You're going to hear a little bit from Randy Ambrosi coming up on the show tonight. A little bit from Chris Presson, the president and CEO of your Edmonton Elks, as we uh, get set to bring you all the Elks games here on 630 Chet. And again, the schedule comes out tomorrow at 10 a.m., 14-game season. It... uh, it sounds like maybe there could be a few more games in Western Canada near the start of the year, but uh, we'll see. So, But we should have a Labor Day showdown Edmonton at Calgary, probably a Labor Day rematch with the Elks home to Calgary the Saturday after Labor Day if they keep with that tradition. And like I said, a late Grey Cup this year into December in Hamilton. But so what? There's going to be a Grey Cup. It, it won't be... Uh, 2020 is going to say, unfortunately, season canceled. 2021 is going to have a champion. Happy to hear from you this evening. The hotline powered by CertainTeed, professional grade building materials, 780-496-0063. That's also the number to text back in a couple of minutes on Inside Sports. the golden knights and the canadians live on 6 30 chet broadcast will start after the seven o'clock news every nhl playoff game stanley cup playoff game from now until the end of the season live right here on 6 30 chet so tomorrow at six it'll be the lightning up against the islanders bottom of the fourth the red Sox lead the blue jays one nothing in the NBA tonight. Early in the second quarter, 76ers leading Atlanta 32-22. Philadelphia up 2-1 on that series. Jazz in Clippers a little bit later on. Two teams that moved from other cities. Of course, the Utah Jazz used to be the New Orleans Jazz, and the L.A. Clippers were the uh, San Diego Clippers. I believe the San Diego franchise was in Buffalo before that. Euro today. Czech Republic over Scotland, 2-0. Slovakia beat Poland, 2-1. Spain and Sweden, 0-0. I saw about the last 20 minutes of the Slovakia-Poland game. Poland down to 10 men, pushed to tie it, could not. I watched the first half of Spain and Sweden, wasn't able to watch the second half, saw the score, and was surprised there was no scoring because, uh, from what I saw, Spain was dominating the territory, but they could not break through. So Spain and Sweden in the classic nil-nil draw. Okay, so CFL's back August 5th for the kickoff. Schedule out tomorrow, and it's going to be a 14-game season. And Commissioner of the League, Randy Ambrosi, speaking earlier today, he said, yes, uh, fans, uh, all good. Fans on opening day. I'm very optimistic that we're going to see a good number of fans when we start our season in August. We're hopeful that that number is going to increase through the fall. Obviously, we're going to hope that as Canadians continue to get their first and second vaccinations, that governments are going to, you know, be confident to increase the numbers that are that they're allowing in the stadiums. But I am hopeful, and we are hopeful as a league that as uh, you know, as Canadians get vaccinated, government's going to let us see, uh, you know, let us uh, gather more and more in in greater numbers. All right. And, you know, talking to Chris Preston earlier today that, you know, he said the plan here in Alberta, obviously, is once they reach that threshold with vaccinations and hospitalizations, no restrictions at all. So it uh, could be all good to go for Commonwealth Stadium when we get into the first and second week of August. Ambrosi was asked if CFL players will have to be vaccinated to play. It's a personal matter. 
the Players Association understand that we, you know, are going to encourage everyone to get vaccinated. We're certainly encouraging our players to get vaccinated. Uh, we're going to continue to to uh, to you know to tell that story over and over again. But you know, I'd say that the conversation with the CFLPA has been very positive and very constructive. They know that we want to do it because we want to keep our players safe. We want to keep everyone safe. We want to keep our teams on the field. And uh, those conversations with the players will continue. Now, the season will look different. 14 games instead of 18. I mentioned the Grey Cup in December, December 12th, 2021. So there has been some speculation. Could the division format be changed for this year? Could the playoff format be changed? Here's how Ambrosi responded to that. We're going to have our our traditional East and West. Uh, We did leave a a small window open for a potential adjustment to the playoff structure. But right now, as it stands, we're going to, you know, we're going to play our our traditional uh, six team uh, playoff format. Uh, But we did, as I say, we left a a small window open for that to uh, to be discussed as things go on. But for the most part, it's going to be a it's going to be a traditional it'll be a traditional CFL playoff structure. Okay, so there you have it for that. That is Randy Ambrosi. See if- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bells coming back. We also had David Beard from the Edmonton Elks on the show. Next half hour, why are the New York Islanders good? I'll answer that question. spend my week off canning hams they're ready for delivery when you sign up for the podcast now into the fifth inning at Fenway Red Sox leading the Blue Jays one zip association playoffs four and a half minutes left in the second quarter Philadelphia leading Atlanta 46 38 that is game four of that series with Philadelphia leading it two games to one Hockey coming up in half an hour right here on 6.30, Chad. Well, a little over half an hour. After the 7 o'clock news, Montreal at Vegas, game one of their best of seven semifinal series. At 6 o'clock tomorrow, we have game two between the Islanders and Tampa Bay. Islanders took the first game yesterday 2-1, able to hold on to that two-zip lead uh, and uh, get the uh, win despite a late goal in the third period on the power play by the Tampa Bay Lightning. I pick the New York Islanders. We do picks on Bob Stoffer's show, Oilers Now, from noon to two every day here on 630 Chet. Excellent program. So we do our picks on uh, on that show. So I picked the Islanders to beat the Penguins. I, I believe Bob picked them as well. Somebody else might have. I was the end. I, I, trust me, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just doing this for context. Because if, if you listen to the show at all, you know that m- the majority of my predictions are incorrect or like blatantly incorrect. Is there a difference between incorrect and blatantly incorrect? Are there degrees of incorrectness? I would think if you're incorrect, you're just incorrect. Anyway, uh, I, then I, I picked the New York Islanders to beat 
Who did they beat in the last round? The Boston Bruins. And I am once again picking the New York Islanders to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I will pick the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup final. I can already tell you that. Because why not? And part of the reason is we, we did predictions last year on Bob's show. And I picked against the New York Islanders in every round. And they kept winning. And they hung in there stubbornly against Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference final. Took it to six games before finally losing. And I realized going into this year, they were fourth in their division. But I looked at that good old column, goal prevention in the regular season, goals against. And who were the top two teams? New York Islanders and Vegas. And I know the playoffs are a different story, but those two teams are still both alive after being the two best defensive teams during the 56-game regular season. I remember, and it still gets used, but a few years ago, the phrase, they play the right way was a big buzz phrase. And it was one of the years where the Oilers weren't very good. And, you know, people would call in and text in and say, well, they don't play the right way. Look at this other team. They play the right way. And I remember one night on this show, I got a little frustrated. And because I I try not to use cliches or certainly not overuse cliches, though sometimes something is a cliche because there is some validity to it. But I remember one night I had a couple people, well, they play the right way. The Oilers going to play the right way. And I said, okay, well, what is playing the right way? And somebody said, well, they win. I said, yes, but winning is the result of, of playing the right way. I mean, that would be like saying, well, this guy's skinny. Well, why is he skinny? Well, he doesn't weigh very much. Well, yes, you're telling me the end result, but let, let's break down what play the right way uh, means. And, and I remember at the time I said playing the right way could be – uh, different things for different teams. What might be a, a, a way to attack or tactically defend or, or do things for, for one team might not be as successful for another team because of their personnel and how the roster is made up. But watching the New York Islanders last year and now this year in the playoffs, and trust me, I, I did not watch them in the regular season except for the highlights. I mean, I basically just watched North Division games. But I, I see the New York Islanders and I think to myself, they play the right way. Okay, now what am I what am I talking about? Well, here's what here's what I think. When I watch the New York Islanders play, they never I well I shouldn't say never, because I mean hockey is a, a frantic game with players and the puck always on the move and bouncing around and you know, it's, it's, it's a game where there's sometimes not a lot of control. So there are always mistakes and there are always giveaways and there are always errors. But I feel like when I watch the New York Islanders play and, and other high-level teams too who are still going to this point in the season, but I'm going to focus on the Islanders because, again, a lot of people have not given them much chance along the way here against first Pittsburgh and now Boston and against Tampa Bay, who they will beat. They don't make unforced errors. They make errors. Don't get me wrong. They, they, they make errors. They, they commit turnovers. They, they're not perfect. Of course not. But when I see the Islanders play, if, if there's a play where a player with the puck is not under pressure, the puck goes to a safe spot, either to a teammate or to the next zone. They're not forcing anything. They're not making hope plays. They're not throwing pucks up the middle. And, to, to tie this into something with the Oilers, when the Oilers 
lost game four in that triple overtime game, the tying goal by the Winnipeg Jets was scored in the third period on a puck that was thrown up the middle of the ice and kept in by the Jets, who then went on the attack. I I don't think I've seen a New York Islander, and I haven't watched every Islanders game, but I watched pretty much the entire Boston series, and I watched yesterday, and I watched a couple games against Pittsburgh. I don't think I've seen a New York Islanders defenseman throw the puck up the middle of the ice this playoffs. It is absolutely complete commitment to not making an unforced error and to not handing a team, the opposing team, an opportunity. It is a complete commitment to not putting your team in a tough situation. And it's not always pretty, but, and if you watch yesterday against Tampa Bay, you know, play smart. I'm not going to call it safe because I don't think it's a boring style of hockey. And when they have a chance to attack, they attack. Barzell takes it to the net yesterday, scores a nice goal. But that was also off a Tampa Bay turnover, and then you get the puck up, and then you go. So, to me, when we talk about well, playing the right way, playing the right way is not just winning. It's it's committing to all these little things that make up winning. And I think that's why the New York Islanders appear to be more than the sum of their parts. So Namudi says Barzell's goal was a gut shot pass right up the middle. Yes, but it was... But Namudi, what I'm saying is... A, the pass was not coming from deep in the, his own zone. It was coming from inside, just inside the blue line. So if it's intercepted, it's intercepted in the neutral zone. And it was a pass where he, the, the player, I can't remember who passed it, had Barzell. Whereas the, the goal that the Oilers gave up, it was a defenseman throwing a hope pass up the middle from almost behind his own net to a puck that got interviewed, intercepted in the high slot and led to a goal. That's the difference I'm talking about. Yes, the Islanders will pass up the middle of the ice if it's a safe pass and they can attack off it. And I've also noticed the Islanders, they'll try to attack, they'll try to carry the puck in through the neutral zone, but if there's a a bobble or a, a pass that's tipped and they regain the puck, it is always just slammed in deep. It is never let's try to regroup and pass back to our own blue line and try to come up again. It is slammed in deep. And that's how they play and they absolutely and totally commit to it. And that's why they win. And yes, they have skilled players. And I mean, they made some great additions at the deadline. Uh, and as good as Barzell is, I, but, but like, I don't consider Barzell a superstar player. I, I think he's a, a very good player. Um, but he's not, you know, Crosby, McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon. I don't put him in that category personally. But they, they've committed completely to this style. And they don't make huge, unforced mess ups and i think that's why they win and they and they take advantage and yes they have good goaltending i know that one game in boston they were badly outshot but goaltending is another way to win so to me they're a really interesting team to watch i i I honestly do think they're going to beat the tampa bay lightning i i know maybe i'm the only person in the world that picked them but at this point like i said why am i picking against them after what they accomplished last year and then in the regular season this year with the defensive numbers and now what they've done so far in the playoffs. And I know Tampa Bay has all these guys and they won it last year and they're, you know, over the cap as Dougie Hamilton reminded us and all these star players. I still think the Islanders are going to win. To me, they are just that find a way team and they're going out there every day saying, Hey, we're not going to beat ourselves. We're not going to make that mistake. I mean, I've seen, you know, the, 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 not this year's Oilers team, which was still a pretty good team, despite losing in the first round. 
like the bad Oilers teams I covered in the past and some of the really bad teams I see now in the NHL, you can play those teams and say, all right, we're just going to, we know you're going to screw up at some point and and we're going to make you pay. Maybe you'll take a stupid penalty. Maybe you'll cough the puck up a few times and we'll get some great opportunities and we'll win. I, I would think if you're going on the ice against the New York Islanders, you're not saying to yourself, oh, well, we're they're going to goof up like if you're playing the new york islanders i think you're saying to yourself here is a team that plays hard and plays smart and we're going to have to make plays and stick with it to beat them because they're not going to hand us anything and and i think that's why it's working for them and to me they're a a really really interesting team to watch seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is how you can chime in the hotline presented by certainty professional grade building materials and we have the canadians and the golden knights coming up at seven o'clock so that's the new york islanders with you until seven o'clock tonight then it is live hockey it is the golden knights against the montreal canadians who have won seven consecutive playoff games the final three in their series against toronto and then the sweep over the winnipeg jets we're gonna have hockey tomorrow another abbreviated edition of inside sports will be coming up on wednesday the headline today the canadian football league is back it has uh, approved a season 14 games for each team starting on august 5th the schedule comes up tomorrow chris presson President and CEO of the Edmonton Elks was asked about stadium capacity limits. We continue to follow the guidelines set out by AHS, and uh, certainly, as everyone knows, we're in stage two now. The, the forecast seems to be bright in terms of when we would be moved to stage three. I think yesterday when I looked, we were at 68.7% vaccination rate, and obviously one of those combinations is a 70% vaccination rate, and then it's two weeks after that. So certainly hoping that by... Uh, just to beyond Canada today that um, we will be in stage three and stage three means no restrictions. So we continue to monitor that situation. And again, we'll continue to follow AHS guidelines as it relates to fans in the stands. All right. A little bit there from Chris Presson of the Edmonton Elks, the team president, as uh, they get ready to kick it off on August 5th. I'm looking forward to seeing the schedule tomorrow. 780-496-0063 is how you get in touch by phoning or by texting. You can email me inside sports at 630ched.com. I'm on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Mark has written in tonight. He says, are other contracts not comparable in negotiations? Pajot makes $5 billion. He's a right-shot center versus Nugent Hopkins, who is now a left-winger. Pajot wins, draws, and plays heavier than Nuge. How is Nuge worth more than $5 million? And then Mark says, why are good contracts always on other teams, not the Oilers? Okay, well, Mark, uh, look around the league. I think you'll find uh, questionable contracts around the NHL. But uh, I understand your question. Look, here, here's the thing. Uh, and Pajot is an excellent player. I, I think with Nugent Hopkins' situation, uh, he, he, you have to you have to remember too. Players generally don't take pay cuts or especially large pay cuts. Now, in this situation, with the salary cap remaining likely flat for three to five years, you, you may see players not get as much as they want. But Nugent Hopkins has been making six million dollars per season. 
So I would imagine his camp is saying, well, look, you know, he's played here this long. He wants to stay here. Uh, he is still an important player on the team. Perhaps uh, the texter Mark doesn't think he's that important, but, but I think the, the team probably sees him as fairly important. So yes, they look at other contracts around the league, but, they also look at what the player means to that specific franchise and where he fits into the hierarchy on that roster. So, yeah, I mean, if Nugent Hopkins were uh, a player coming off an entry-level contract and had only played three years in the NHL, okay, fine. Would it be getting $5, 6000000 million a year off the season he just had? Perhaps not, but I think you factor in the player's entire history as well. So... Mark, I, Mark, I feel like when you and I, and I appreciate you texting. I'm not. I don't mean to discourage you or anybody else from writing in, but I, but I feel like when you write a message like that, probably any answer I give you is not going to be sufficient. So I, 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 I feel like uh, I'm probably not uh, helping you feel any better if you don't like that contract situation. But uh, that's how it goes for fans sometimes, for sure. Jeremy from Glendon, I am very excited to hear from this individual. Jeremy lives inside the pierogi in Glendon. He has an apartment inside the pierogi. Hey, Reed, excited to see some Elks games this summer and fall. Summer in Edmonton doesn't really happen unless you have a Ukrainian dog from the Southeast Commonwealth concession. Jeremy is ready for the Ukrainian dog. Now, is that... For that makes me think of... I know you're talking about a hot dog, but that makes me think of a dog who barks in Ukrainian. That would be really something. If the dog... But I don't know how the bark would sound like, yeah, I don't know. Like he could bark out hole up chi or something, or he'd, he'd bark pit a hair, uh, Maybe he could bark kucha, kucha, kucha. That would be his bark. That'd be a Ukrainian dog. If you don't speak Ukrainian, I'm, I'm sorry for the, the uh, well, I was going to say for the non-bilingual members of the audience, but, but I'm certainly uh, not bilingual. I know a bunch of food in Ukrainian and uh, I know some swear words. So I could eat and uh, tell people I'm upset in Ukrainian. I also know one phrase, just as a bit of an aside here. Uh, I, I hope I'm going to say this right. If my mom or any family members are listening, they, they will correct me. Kotik ukutku. I believe in Ukrainian means the cat is in the corner. So if I like, if I'm ever in Ukraine or with only Ukrainian speakers, and there's a cat in the corner that I need to tell people about, I'm all over it. I got that covered. Cowtown Bob, master of the dancing cows, writes in as well. He says, I also picked the New York Islanders. I think uh, Hamilton would be the early favorite for the Grey Cup. They'll win it all at home. Well, there we go. Cowtown Bob, you were thinking ahead for giving me. That is the first Grey Cup prediction on Inside Sports this season. You should get a canned ham just for that. Cowtown Bob. Uh, Brian says, where does Ovechkin sign and do the Oilers take a shot at him? Oh, I, geez, Brian, I think he probably stays in Washington. Uh, I would think, I mean, if he become, actually becomes a free agent, if he doesn't re-sign with Washington before free agency, I would think every team would inquire. Um, but there is a player who would probably have to take a significant pay cut, but maybe if he just wanted a, a one-year deal to go somewhere and, and see what he could do. Dan says, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a good player, but hockey has been getting better and more skilled every year. He seems to be slowly slipping behind. So his, uh, so to base his salary based on history, you again end up with a bad contract. Yeah, I, I understand that argument, Dan. And 
uh, again, it, like he's an interesting player to talk about because he he is a very good hockey player and he didn't have a great year five on five. Now, is that a sign that his overall game is slipping? I, personally, I'm not ready to go that far. He had 35 points in 52 games. I forget his five on five total, but it wasn't that good. The previous year, he was a big part of that line with Dry Settle and Yamamoto, had 61 points in 65 games. In 18 19, he had uh, 69 points in 82 games, which is pretty good. Um, I mean, he is 28. He's not an old man by any means. So I, for me to, to, to write off his game as, as, as slipping, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. But I, I understand the question. I mean, if he has another season five on five, then, then that would be concerning for sure. Uh, Chris, the underground guy says technically all dogs in Ukraine bark in Ukrainian. Whenever I travel, I always consider the local dogs are trained in the local language, thus they understand it. Well, that's good. Uh, another person says why in all their wisdom would the CFL not have the great cup in Vancouver this year going to be pretty cold in Hamilton with the cold breeze coming off Lake Ontario. Well, Hamilton already had the great cup for this year. So they're, they're sticking with it. It was supposed to be in Regina last year, so they uh, bumped it back. I'm just double-checking the Hamilton average temperature December 12th. I think when I checked this before, it was uh, above zero. Average weather in December in Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah, it says rarely falling below minus 13 and could get up. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll probably be slightly before zero or below zero. I mean, it's that's the way it goes. Dan from East of Camrose do the math players get paid in US dollars how much money do you need well yeah they get I don't understand what you're saying Dan they yes but it's a competitive market and they do somewhat base their contracts as Mark noted earlier off what other players do and also off their recent performance and somebody I remember somebody on Bob's show a few months ago made a good point that some players will look at, okay, what do I want to earn for my career? So maybe I'm not going to worry about my average salary, but by the end of my career, I would like to have this amount of money put away. Anyway. All right. Thanks for writing in. We got to go already. We got the hockey game coming up. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy's your studio producer. Golden Knights Habs after the seven o'clock news. Enjoy it. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.